Welcome to The Localist Podcast, a podcast showcasing the local heroes of Pakistan. People creating positive change and driving the country towards a better future. I'm Mo. I'm Rabia. And, and we, we are, are The Localists. Hey everyone, and welcome to The Localist Podcast. I'm Mo. And I'm Rabia. Today on the show, we've got my old friend, Essen Saya. Essen and I go way back, all the way to high school in Saudi Arabia, to the fabled days of his Louis Vuitton jacket and random KFC runs listening to terrible electronic music. We've come a long way since then, and Essen is now the managing director of Daraz. Essen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, guys. No problem, man. It's good to have you on. Um, it's good. It's... Wanted you like that Louis Vuitton jacket. I know you did. I just you... it, it was such a it was such a focal point of our youth, right? Like, it was, <laughs> like I, I we spent so much time making fun of you for it. We're just like this douchebag. Like he spent like what ten grand on a jacket or something. And how do you think I paid? Uh, for, how do you think I paid for university? I sold it off to to some guy in Dubai. <laughs> And then you spent well. Then you 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 tried to spend like every every like possible second after because we've never really let it go. After high school, you've you've just been like, dude, guys, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake, and no one believes you. I no think you guys were low key jealous that he had that jacket. That's what I, I mean. Think. It was a cool jacket. It actually was. <laughs> I guess I have to go on record today and say it was fake, then, huh? That that was purely for Fahad. <laughs> that was purely for Fahad. Good days. We had a really, we had an awesome time in high school. It was a really it was, and I guess you and I only really had a uh, a six month overlap, right? Um, yeah, but like it was almost every single day yes. of six months, if I remember correctly. We like, were, we were um, like attached by the hip for six months, and it was awesome. Yeah, we and and you lived like you live, literally lived down like. A block down from me. Yeah. I mean, all we had to do was drive through like six military checkpoints and like <laughs> seven thousand armed Saudi guards because that's how it was back then. Um, uh, and yet, but yeah, it was good times though. I uh, and I I do miss the KFC runs and the electronic music as well. Man, I've I've got a I've got a playlist on my um, phone which is literally called. Uh, the the Thugba um, trance drive <laughs> special or something like those lines that uh, because yeah they were stupid and the music was awesome um, DJ Blade represent <laughs> do you remember DJ Blade Essen I don't I uh, I don't remember DJ that was Blade. That, that's Jason <laughs> I would have been Jason <laughs> really but uh, yeah it was Jason man head out. <laughs> So, so yeah, so I mean, backstory. So Essen and I went to high school together for a little bit. Um, we were pretty good friends and then Essen disappeared. Um, we don't know what happened to him. All we know is when we came back, he didn't have a Louis Vuitton jacket anymore. So fill us in, man. What happened? Like, how, how did you, how, what happened between, and I'm genuinely curious because I know little bits and pieces of the story because, you know, we've, we've kept in touch obviously through like messenger and email and God knows what else over the years, but between, between you uh, between us, like driving around like Dahran looking for food, and you um, like trying to reshape the way people buy things in Pakistan, uh, a lot had happened. Yeah, a lot happened. Um, so I, uh, so I guess soon after leaving high school, I moved to I moved to Toronto. 
Um, I was there for about six months prior to going to university, and I went to university in a town called London, Ontario. Not the real London, unfortunately. Um, and uh, I, I graduated sort of in the 2000. I graduated in 2009, which was a year after you know the financial crisis. So very similar times, to some degree, um, uh, you know, compared to today. And uh, after finishing university, I, I went into investment banking. Uh, which essentially uh, is that I went into advising companies on mergers and acquisitions as well as, uh, as, well as equity and debt raises. Um, so if a company wanted to buy another company, um, you know, I, would, I would sort of help them with, uh, with that. So I did that for a grand scheme of, I think, about seven, seven and a half years. And, and during that time, I, um, I actually started a company with a few of our other high school friends uh, I don't know if you remember them. Uh, you may, Abir, um, Samer, uh, Nomi. I don't know if you remember those guys. Uh, right I, your head I vaguely, yeah, I, I vaguely remember um, Abir, I think. Yeah, yeah. So um, Abir was but, a year yeah. ahead of us. So, you know, they also went in their own separate ways in, in, in university, and then we, we all ended up in Toronto. So we started a a company and really the vision of that company was quite awesome and it actually I think it's sort of what has driven my what drove me to come back to Pakistan in some ways and the vision of that company was to really um, empower people that don't have the ability to make money to be able to have find employment and the way we did that is we we essentially started a uber like model for deliveries and we used to spend a lot of our, our resources in terms of time and energy to educate the, the riders. And so the company was called Joey Co. And the riders were called Joey's. And we would really train the Joey. So Joey who was doing deliveries of flowers would go through a separate training versus a, a Joey who was doing deliveries for Walmart. And the Joey's would get upskilled through the process. So they also kept feeling like they're gaining more skills, they're getting more educated. And a lot of them were really people that came to Canada with not having the ability to make money otherwise. And we, and we gave them this sort of platform where they could work with you know, the Walmarts of the world, the Amazons of the world, and, uh, and, and upskill their, their, their training and be able to take control themselves of how to, uh, of, of them being able to make money, right? And they no longer had to be sort of at the mercy of others who would say, yeah, you just moved to Canada, but you know, you don't have experience. Well, how do I get experience? Uh, well, you have to go get experience, and you know, and then you can get a job. Well, can you give me experience? No, no, no. You have to get experience to get experience. You know. Yeah. So it's uh, they they were just they were stuck in this vicious cycle. Um, and then uh, I guess in uh, you know in in 2018, I got a I got a call from the from from Daraz, and I had a call with the. With at that time the two CEOs, uh, one was a Danish gentleman um, and one was a German gentleman. And when I when I got off that phone call, um, and to be honest with you, I'd never actually you know wanted to move to Pakistan. Um, and it was not a you know it's it's interesting. My wife and I used to have a conversation, and I used to tell her that the chances of us moving to uh, Uganda are higher than us, uh, higher than <laughs> higher than going to Pakistan, and I think I think God took that as like a, okay, challenge accepted. Um, <laughs> so, so, but you know, when I when I spoke to the two CEOs, the vi like what they were creating was just so beautiful, uh, in the sense of of being able to really empower an entire country, 
And I felt that very few times in your life do you get an opportunity where you can change the way an entire industry works. And I felt that that for me was being at the cusp of how commerce works in Pakistan um, and how and how people think about jobs in Pakistan and how job creation is in Pakistan. Being at the cusp of being able to change that is a very rare uh, opportunity. You know, and, and one of the things that used to always bother me in Canada was I think, uh, you know, I was always very fortunate I had a good career, but it was not a very impactful career uh, for for the wider populace, right? And, and uh, you know, if you want to help, there's 30 million people in, in Canada. If you want to help for 2 million people, that's a big chunk of the population. If you want to help 2 million people in Pakistan, it's it's very doable. It's a country where there's a lot of opportunity to really make an impact on people's lives, on being able to change the way they do things. and and uh, and that was very powerful for me is when I had that conversation with them and I really understood their vision. And, um, you know, I would credit sort of my days at building Joey Co to really get this vision ingrained within me that, that you know, you can do good for yourself and do good for others. And if you create, you know, the, like you look at platforms like Kareem, like Food Panda, like Daraz, like Bikea that really empower people, um, you know, they you give control back to people and you allow them to really uh, you know select their fate and a company like Daraz if you're you know if you want to become a seller we last year we had about 3,000 sellers today we have about 22,000 active sellers and if you look at sellers and and that's just sellers that sold in the last month if you look over the past few months it's almost 30,000 sellers that are that are engaged in the last few months and and that's a big jump and each each seller in e-commerce creates anywhere between three to five jobs Right, so I can confidently say that we have maybe created about eighty to hundred thousand jobs in the last year, uh, and and our goal is to create you know one million jobs uh, by the year twenty twenty two, and uh, and so that yeah that's sort of what uh, happened from us you know going around in your in your green machine uh, to, <laughs> to KFC um, all the way to I guess today and maybe a in maybe five minutes, I don't know, maybe more than five minutes. So, that's, I mean, that, that's pretty, sorry, Robbie. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing for someone who doesn't really know. Um, you know, I just understand from the perspective of Mo and Asen, that's really, really cool. Um, I'm so glad that, you know, you did that um, and you became, you know, it, it's, it's always, it's always quite fulfilling to be able to do well professionally and then also make an impact. Um, so yeah, I and think, I think that's, uh, actually, that's actually you know that's also it's a mindset that I think those are not two mutually exclusive things, and I think sometimes people associate that they are they are mutually exclusive. Either I can do well for myself or do well for others, right? And it's not that's not necessarily the case. You can do a lot of things that you add value to this world, and you build something that that is successful, you know. And 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 really, the more the more you the more you focus on solving other people's problems, the more successful your business can become. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that is, I mean, that sums it up right there, right? Like the, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of people that just believe that you, you know, to, to create some sort of positive impact that you just need to like leave the material world behind or whatever. And you're just going to be, 
you know, like bumming out the rest of your life. But the reality is that there's so much positive impact that can be had through positive businesses and stuff as well. And and I think, you know, it's it's fantastic that you guys, that you've managed to A, find that for yourself and B, been able to create so much of that through the company that you work for. Uh, well, through us, you know? Yeah, no, I'm so fortunate. I'm very, very blessed uh, that uh, that we've been able to contribute in such a way. The, um, and and that was that was one of the things, right? Like when we when we first sat down, when we first met after all those years, I think we were at one at a coffee shop here. I can't even remember the name right now. Um, but uh, and we were commenting about like how we make better coffee at home. Oh yeah, you're yeah, also yeah. a coffee snob. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, what's it called? Uh, you were saying that, and and you just mentioned it right now is that it's not often that you you get that chance to shape the way an entire country does things. And that's exactly what's happening here. But it's and, and that, that always stuck with me as well, by the way, it was just one of those things that you said. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that's that's really interesting. That's that's something that's important. Um, but at the same time, it couldn't have just been that, hey, you know, I, I you know, I, I signed the contract. I flew over and everything changed. You know, it it had to have been difficult. You know, we, we've heard about all sorts of different problems from people, whether um, from some of our previous guests and just, you know, from you as well through like casual conversation is, um, is, you know, there's all kinds of problems, whether they're, whether it's been human capital or education or um, like actual infrastructural problems. What, what are some of the things that you saw here that, you know, were problems that, you know, were, could, were also opportunities? I know, I know you guys have done some very interesting things at Doraz over the last year um, to help improve the service and also improve everyone else's lives. Um, what, what were those things? Yeah, that's a very valid point. Of course, it's not a, you know, I think um, building an e-commerce company in Pakistan, there, there are two main um, uh, struggles. And, and I'll tell you also how we've tried to solve them, but I think they continue to be sort of, uh, you know, infrastructural issues. One is uh, payments and second is logistics. So let's talk about payments a bit. So about uh, 1% of the entire population of Pakistan has credit cards, um, you know, and and uh, and then maybe I think 10% has has uh, you know have bank accounts, um, and then if you add to that the wallets like EasyPesa, Jazz Cash, that's I don't know maybe another 12 million people, you know that let's say that's 30 million people. Let's assume that's still not a very significant portion of your population. And um, and so it's a very unbanked uh, economy. That's a very cash-rich economy. So uh, you know, generally, it's very it's very difficult for for e-commerce companies to operate in, in, in an area where it's predominantly cash on delivery. Um, for a few reasons. One is um, one is that even if I look at cash on delivery versus prepayments, if you were to buy something using your credit card mo, uh, and uh, and and uh, versus if you were to decide to do cash on delivery. The chances of that being a successful, deli- successfully delivered order is about 10% higher, because let's suppose you're not home. Uh, you may tell the you know the the writer or the hero that take hey, you know leave your can you leave the package of my with my you know friend or my my neighbor or something, and um, and and if it's cash on delivery you're not able to do that. So that's one uh, one pain point we, we we sort of have with with payments. Uh, is that it, it makes it a little bit more difficult. Second, for other e-commerce companies, it's more difficult because uh, when other 3PL companies are managing their cash, cash is difficult to manage, it's expensive to manage. And then 
and then it's also uh, you know it's very it's very time consuming like you may not get your cash as soon as you think you will whereas with prepayments you get your it's settled very quickly so there there's one is uh, that uh, that element makes it makes it a little bit more difficult second is the logistics part so um, on the logistics side there's not very many um, logistics companies in Pakistan that have a very e-commerce focused mindset there are some that are emerging but they're still you know, I would still say that that uh, Daraz is at the forefront of that, um, and and hopefully not to be biased, but I genuinely think that we have built the best machine for that. But the the struggle is that historically and traditionally, logistics is always you know the the envelope delivery model, where you don't really care if it if it arrives at 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. Uh, but in e-commerce, I want to know the the day, I want to know the hour, I want to know when he's going to arrive, so I'm not in the bathroom at that time. I like that level of detail is 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 the customer's expectation and rightly so, and so that evolution is something that we have not structurally been able to keep up with. So what we did last year is we actually said, okay, let's go out and build our own uh, logistics company. So today we have about 2,500 riders who we call uh, Dex Heroes. So our, our delivery company is called Daraz Express. Uh, we have 2,500 riders across the country. We have four warehouses and and 50 hubs across the country, and um, and. Let me sort of walk you through what these hubs do because I think there's I think it's super cool what we're doing with them. So at these hubs, what happens is they're they're obviously used for traditional uh, hub and spoke model where product goes to these hubs um, and then gets uh, gets sorted and then goes out for last mile delivery to the customer. But we've also started offering customer pickups, right? So we we've done it at our hubs, but we're also partnering up with companies, and this was obviously before COVID, um, where where you know you can have thousands of pickup centers across the country where you can actually say that, yeah, I don't know what time I'll be home, but I know that on, on the way back from work, I can just pick this, you know, this package up. Um, thirdly, what we've done is these, these hubs are located in seller-centric areas where sellers can come and drop off their packages when a customer orders. And as soon as it is dropped off to our hub, it enters into our network and, and you know, it gets, it gets delivered to the customer. And then finally, it's also used for seller training and education. So we invest a lot in education. Um, we have a portal called the Daraz University where we educate three to 4,000 sellers every single month for free. We educate them on how to sell on Daraz, how to pack, how to do customer service. In fact, just recently we announced a partnership with the Karachi School of Business Leadership where we're offering free MBA type courses on business ethics, introduction to finance. You know, things that are not necessarily to do with Daraz, but we really want to take our platform and educate Pakistanis on how to become better at business. Um, and so we also use these hubs to actually have offline classes um, three times a week, where sellers can learn, you know, how do I, you know, how do I actually, uh, uh, you know, start selling on Daraz, or how do I become, uh, you know, how do I take my business uh, online and digital? Wow. So that's like a full-on leadership role. You know, not only are you the only well-established you know, e-commerce platform, but you're also, you've taken it up on single-handedly to sort out logistics and then also educate the, you know, the, the different stakeholders within this, you know, entire network. I, I yeah. did not know about this. This is really fascinating. So, uh, you know, and, and I think it's super important to actually uh, focus on these foundational things that we have done because things like education in Pakistan, things like, I mean, you know, it's very... They're very basic things, but really, in order to build the industry, we have to do this uh, and 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 get the industry to where it needs to be, and um, so actually that it can you know can 
it has a lot of potential to help the country. So that's why that's why we actually spend a lot of resources to, uh, trying to do that. And it's it's so interesting because I, I I remember when you you came. I mean, your entire thing before the Raz was Joey, which was logistics, and we were talking about things like Amazon's like same day delivery and stuff like that. And at at the time, you were really, really, really pessimistic about some of those things. But now, I, I, like I almost, and we've seen that gradual transition where, um, where what's it called? Uh, lost my train of thought. Um, we've seen that gradual trans. Possible now. That's what. You yeah, mean. exactly. So we there was, when we yeah there was, about it. Yeah, so we would be like, okay, you, you order the Raz, and like four or five days later, it shows up. Now it's just like it's it's literally next day at this stage, isn't it, Rabia? Or same day, yeah. Yeah, we're same day. So, yeah, so we launched same day deliveries um, across Karachi, Lahore, Islamabad uh, for anything that's in our warehouse. Um, you know, we've really tried to focus on on things that can be in our warehouse so we can get it to the customer faster. Because, like you said, the expectation is also different, right? I mean, uh, you don't want something five, six days from now. So we've actually reduced our lead times um, by by about a few days in the last year um, because it really that's where the customer's expectation is um and and actually daraz express has helped us significantly in being able to do that so um i think it's really cool that you know when you know initially when we we first got here you were um you were like oh we were talking about same day delivery on amazon and things like that and we were kind of pessimistic about whether that was even possible here and now it's something that very much happens and I guess the solution to that was bringing, um, and it's also really cool because you were managed, you, you had these three unique problems, I suppose, and you managed to build in-house uh, resources for them. So where where do you, I mean, you've, you've built the Raz Wallet, you've done the Raz Express, you've got the online learning platform. Where do you guys go from here? Yeah, so I think uh, really where much of our transition is going towards is um, and let me sort of maybe it'll be it'll be helpful if I sort of walk you through a little bit about how this transition started in the last year on these issues, but all the, uh, these things that you talked about. But also, you know, you've used you're a big fan of Drasmo, and I know that because you talked to me about it. But that was a very um, you know that was a uh, it's actually a very channel driven strategy, right? So if you want something with premium experience where you want a longer return period and you want something that you know is from the brand and authentic, you'll go to Drasmo. But if you want something maybe that's just a 150 rupees or 200 rupee thing that you kind of just want to feel good and get, you can also have that experience through maybe like our global collections or are some of our marketplace sellers. So really, we've become a lot more personalized in each uh, in providing that experience to each customer. So if you want this sort of experience, you will get this sort of experience uh, where you get a premium experience. If I want an experience in which I just buy something that I just shows up to my doorstep. Um, I will get that experience. And then the idea is to really take that to the next level and make the Raz into a full shoppertainment platform. And what I mean by that is... Shoppertainment, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I mean by that is, you know, when you go to the mall, you don't just go to shop. You go because you, you know, you may take your kids to Sinbad and then you go like for food. You know, so there's a lot of other things that you can, that you can sort of do. And the idea is that, that people that come onto the Daraz platform, they don't always only want to buy. They sometimes come to get inspired, right? So when you go now to the Daraz platform and you click on fashion and lifestyle channel, you can really see, uh, you know, what are all the what are all the current trends in fashion? What are all the you know the cool ways uh, or cool uh, clothes that that's that men are wearing or women are wearing or what are all the nice trends in makeup that are, that are interesting? 
right? So we've tried to make it a more aspirational, inspirational um, uh, platform. And then the second nature of that that we're, that we're working on adding is that entertainment bit. So uh, we've really started toying around with the idea of gaming uh, and making the Raza platform in which people come back to really uh, you know, play games and get engaged. So uh, if we focus on the shop side, um, you know, that's sort of where we've added things, like I said, Daraz Mall, we've added Global Collections, uh -oh. where we've added Daraz the, the Travel, which obviously given the situation is, you know, it's slowed down a bit, but Daraz Travel yeah. is, uh, is, is there. We, in the, in the days of lockdown, can you guys hear me? In the, in the, day, said, yeah, okay, in the days of lockdown, we... A little bit after uh, you were talking about, you guys started experimenting with gaming. Can you just... Repeat that bit. I also lost like your voice in there. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, that was just you. <laughs> oh. Okay, then move on. Uh, Mo will edit this. Don't worry yeah. about it. Okay. Uh, so on the uh, you know if we focus on sort of the shop part and then we focus a little bit on the entertainment part, right? So shop entertainment. The shop part, like I said, we've added uh, things like the Mall. We've added uh, you know uh, global collections. Uh, we re recently introduced uh, Daraz Travel, which obviously, given the situation and timing right now, it's a bit is a bit slow. But we uh, during the lockdown phase, we added DMART, which is uh, Rabia. You mentioned you've used DMART actually. Um, you know, because, right? <laughs> and it's a it's a, it's a grocery. It's essentially a grocery platform for 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 people. And we've added significant amount of of assortment uh, in there, so people can actually get their grocery items delivered to them. And in the entertainment part, what we'll be launching actually this week is a fully built uh, gaming platform within Dara. So you can go play, uh, you know, various games, whether they're single player, multiplayer. So you can challenge your friends, and the points you win can actually be redeemed for purchases on Dara's. So oh no way yeah. So we'll we'll be launching that in in the coming days as well. Is that we really want people to to uh, you know, stay engaged with our platform with whatever it is that they need. So on the shopping side, really giving them all the various things that they want to buy. On the entertainment side, giving them you know the ability to to have things like gaming. Uh, you know, we uh, we're, we're working on a live streaming platform as well, where a lot of our Daraz Mall. I don't know. I'm sure you guys have noticed when you go to Daraz Mall at the top right, it says follow. If you follow a brand, we're really trying to engage the brand directly with the customer. Um, and you know we're doing a lot of efforts to really engage the seller directly with the customer. And I'm sure you've also used the chat feature uh, to ask uh, the sellers their you know questions about their products. But the idea is to really increase the engagement between the customer and the seller, um, and and uh, to ensure that 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 relation it's more of a relationship beyond just purchase you know beyond just buying and selling. That is really cool. When you first said like shoppertainment, the first thing I thought of was like captchas, you know, like when you get your password wrong and I'm like, is he going to make me play Space Invaders to, to reset my password? <laughs> um, but but no, that that's actually really cool. Like so. Um, so what, what like are these like 2D games or like little fun little things that you would have found like back in the day, like on mini clip showing my age there? But um, <laughs> yeah, sure. or, or, or is this or is this stuff like like you'd find on Switch or, or something like that where you you know it's actually like yeah uh, I don't know maybe like start with we're only uh, I mean this week we're only going to launch with twenty games but our our plan is to go up to uh, you know only twenty okay yeah so uh, only twenty and then we're going to go up to hopefully several hundred in the in the coming uh, days and and months um, but obviously it's uh, you know there's there's uh, I think one of the games that's coming on is, is a game similar to Ludo, uh, that I'm sure we all uh, that we that's a you know 
a favorite yeah, yeah, like Robbie and her friends haven't stopped playing Ludo, man. Yeah. Like Ludo Star all day. Hater. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm such a hater. Like I'll sit there like play real games on my Xbox and they're like, hey, Wow, real cool. games. Condescending real games like what? Witcher yeah. and like what's yeah, the Witcher other 3. one? Fallout four. I'm I'm catching up on my gaming life, you know? Um but Hold me to um, bed talking about ghouls and shit. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I feel like uh, you're gonna have to edit that part out too. Nah, I think we'll keep it. <laughs> Mo, always there. <laughs> so you don't you don't have to this you don't have to answer this question at all, but it's just something that occurred to me. Um, but is there is there a fear of um, perhaps overextending the brand with all these different things like a live streaming platform having uh, a gaming platform built into it or anything, or is this all part of the master? Thing. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I think generally uh, in e-commerce and in terms of you have to really think about uh, an engagement side of it, too, because customers are not only coming to buy um, and the, the and, and you become too exposed, I guess, if you just rely on on purely just selling, you need a you need, you need a platform that can really engage with the customer. So I think there's obviously a risk to it. But I think what the, the the areas that we have selected, I think, are ones that we know have a very direct impact on our business and, and ones that have a very direct impact on our customers and something that our customers very evidently want. Um, so, of course, I think if you, you know, if you don't keep an eye on it and if you try to do too many things, it is it is 100 percent there is a risk. Uh, but I think the ones we have selected now, now I'm confident, are, are the right steps uh, that we're taking. Cool. All right. I have a question about customers and it's just, I'm very curious to know that. And if you're at the liberty to say so, um, what are the types of things that people you've noticed are, are people are buying on Daraz, like in Pakistan, what are some trends and things that you find are a little bit like, you know, not, you know, they're a little different than usual or in the markets that you've been before. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think, to be honest with you, I think they're very similar in terms of our buying behaviors. Maybe it'll be helpful oh. if I sort of walk you through in the last few months uh, how it's yeah. uh, how it's evolved. So if you look at, for example, March 23rd when the lockdown happened, we had the most engaged audience we have ever had in terms of the number of people that were on the app on a daily basis versus on a monthly basis. And uh, are you sure that wasn't just Rabia, yeah, like maybe clogging up your bandwidth? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe it was just Rabia. Uh, and I got and, you. Know, I got you. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and you know the search trends were very uh, sort of health focused, right? There was, I want hand sanitizer, I want masks, I need like I need to just have cleaning disinfectants, just give right. me so that I can stay safe. And then I've, what I've, what we've noticed is, the, and then and then that evolved into okay, now I need my groceries, I need uh, you know fresh fruits and vegetables from Defresh. So uh, it really started evolving, and then now it is we opened up uh, our entire platform about a week and a half ago. Um, because obviously for the first bit of the lockdown, we could only do delivery of essential items. We were not allowed to by the government to do deliveries of anything else. So we had to shut off in, essentially the entire platform for a few days. And then we went only essentials um, for for the time after. And then about a week and a half ago, we opened up all of the stuff. And, uh, you know, people's search trends and, and buying behavior is going back to normal, where they're literally looking again for mobile phones, kids' toys, Fashion has been, uh, you know, exceptionally high, but that's also very seasonal because of Eid coming up. Um, so, you know, fashion is definitely uh, sort of uh, high right now because uh, because it's not very easy for people to go into the markets and buy stuff. So, um, you know, it's been very interesting uh, that 
that more and more people are sh shifting towards online because of, of COVID. Also, you mentioned pets, stuff for pets. I remember this a little bit. Yeah, yeah there's um, a lot of pet toys, actually. You, you guys can probably get something for your cat. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I will. I'll check it out. You know, I'm a number one fan. I think... Actually, more concerning is I need, uh, I need something to cut my hair. Oh, my God. I was on Raz last night looking for stuff to cut my hair. Use the kitchen scissors. <laughs> Dude, what have you done, Mister? Like, I spiked my hair like up to Mac. Dig out that old photo. We're putting it on Instagram. You should. You should. Totally we could do a promo up. with the, that photo. Yeah, <laughs> the one of you and me sitting at the at the at the what's it called the cafetorium or whatever it was. Good old days, huh? The, when I didn't have a beard, but, uh, when I was clean shaven, didn't have this massive beard. Man, I think you had this like shitty little goatee like at the bottom of your chin. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to ignore that. That that's evidently there. And was, <laughs> um, but no, like adding to Rabia's question a little bit, like you know, what are the what are the what's been different in terms of uh, markets um, and market preferences and things like that? I'd be interested to hear. What has it been? What's been different in in terms of like uh, how how it is to work with people, you know? So you were you were building like a logistics company or built a logistics company in Canada and stuff, and you you were working with a certain type of person there. What's been different here? I mean, I think you I think you made some. There were some interesting points that came up before we started recording, actually. But um, maybe you want to clue us in on that. Yeah, I think uh, to be honest, I think Pakistanis. At least the ones I work with are some of the hard, hardest working and, and intelligent people that I've ever worked with, and this includes my time in investment banking. Um, you know, I think it's we have tremendous talent here. We have tremendous, tremendous talent in, in this country, um, and you know, it's you know, I look at even Daraz, right? Daraz operates in five countries, uh, but the central team for Daraz, which does, which helps all the countries, Pakistan. So we operate in Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Nepal, and Myanmar. But our central team sits in Pakistan. Our tech team, our product team, our data team, they all sit in Pakistan. That's because we have tremendous talent here. And, uh, you know, and they're very well educated. Our, our, our institutes, our learning institutes are, are generally, uh, you know, are very good. Um, so I've been very pleasantly surprised. And the second thing I've been very pleasantly surprised, surprised with is, is sort of their attitude. And, you know, I think uh, it's also a cultural thing at Daraz. The average age is, I think, like 20. 26, maybe even younger. You know, it's a it's a it's a good mix of uh, males and females. So it's a very conducive environment. Uh, and 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 what I love is that people are very inspired and driven. Uh, that they really understand what is this mission that we are on, and and they really understand what their part is in that mission. And that I think is also very rare in, in corporates and companies in Pakistan is to have a have a culture which is very uh, very driven by the people. And I think we are very much driven by the people. You know, we have a we have the kind of culture that if if uh, if someone who's even joined the company six months ago, uh, you know, speaks up in a meeting and says, "I think SNU are wrong because of data points one, two, and three, then that person has a very valid point, and that person should be encouraged to do so. And so we 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 really try to build an organization which which encourages people to speak up, which encourages, uh, you know, uh, collaboration across uh, different levels and different teams. Because that's really, I, I genuinely believe that's the only way for us to build a successful organization. 
And we really could not have done that without the awesome, awesome people that we have. That's so refreshing to hear because, I mean, I don't think that's just, I know you said, you know, it's, it's rare for um, companies in Pakistan to not be, to be mission driven, sorry. Um, but I, I think I've, I've seen that in other markets as well. Yeah, it's just sure. that there's so much, there's, there's so much emphasis on um, other things that, you know, people forget um, about why you're actually doing things. Yeah. Um, what, what if someone who recently joined the company comments on your jacket? Have they seen the jacket? I don't think, I don't think you have pictures of the jacket. There's no way you have pictures of that jacket. Man, I'm going to, I'm going to ask somebody to find some, that's what's going to happen. I'm sure they're there. Oh my God. But, You're horrible. Uh, you know, actually, I'm not going <laughs> to, I don't know if you know that. I don't know if I'm not, maybe I shouldn't tell you this. There's one place I, I shouldn't tell you. <laughs> no, you can't leave me hanging, man. What the hell? So, you know when Mr. Barrett made the DVD for the... I think he made the DVD for the for the yearbook, right? Um, okay. I think it was. And so I think it might be in that DVD. It might be. I'm just, oh, my God. I need to find this DVD. <laughs> oh, my God. I hope... I hope. Can computers even use DVDs anymore? I, I don't know. Dude, I've been, you I've know, been struggling I'll tell you that. what you could do. You could buy off an extension from the rest. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's sort of what I was going towards, Rabia. And thanks for getting me there. Is that in case you cannot access the DVD, you can buy it on Daraz, and then you can. <laughs> I'm actually. I actually popped open the yearbook. I actually have it handy, and I'm trying to see if if you're wearing the jacket in this photo. Like I have this vague recollection of. Oh shit! I'm wearing a stupid leather jacket in this photo. See, there we go. Yeah, but man, your sunglasses are off the chain, dude. And this puka shell necklace. You know that necklace. You know what happened with that necklace, right? My uh, so I got stopped by the security guards in Saudi one time, and the the cop told me that it's haram to wear necklaces for men. So he took. Dude, I was with you. Yeah, you were with. Oh, the. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, but, but yeah, but then he put it on. When I, when I looked in the rearview mirror, did, I'm sure we must have discussed this back then. Is it, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he put it on when we, when we started driving off. So I guess it wasn't that haram, maybe. Oh. Just for you. This was it was haram for you, Essen. It was haram for me, I guess, yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just store this for later. Well, if you find the picture, please um, let me know so I can burn it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many people have that DVD, dude? Oh. Um... But Essen, something else I wanted to talk to you about. Um, we actually spoke to someone about this on a previous episode as well, because we're all coffee snobs here. Is um, coffee is is a mission in this a country? Biggest How do you point. Know? Yeah, I'm so, not gonna lie. I told um, my wife that I am really stressed about this lockdown situation because I'm on my last bag of coffee, and same. And it's been really stressing me out because it's fine in Ramadan because I don't drink coffee. Um, and at night I don't have it because I, I want to sleep, but on the weekends, like Fridays and Saturdays, I'll make it as a treat. But I'm like, as soon as Ramadan ends, like flights better open, man. I need some coffee. I have found <laughs> first awesome, problem. I found this awesome, uh, I mean, it's not, I haven't found it, but like I used to drink from this roastery in, in Toronto. It's called a pilot, uh, coffee and their, their coffee is just out of this world. Um, so, but so then every time someone comes from Canada, I usually have them bring me one or two bags. And then if I ever go, uh, to see my parents and, and family, then I'll like half my suitcase will just be coffee. And if I get stopped at customs, the guy's just like, what's wrong with you? And, uh, but, but I think like he doesn't understand, like, this is a real problem. 
It is. Yeah. Um, what's it called? I, I, Robbie and I do the same thing. Like it's like our, our half our suitcases. Like, um, and the reason we're talking about this on this particular podcast is because we know there are people out there listening that have the ability to. We're trying to inspire you all. Here's a problem for you to solve. <laughs> Give us coffee. <laughs> the the Ross coffee. Yeah. Next. Um, De- depre- depresso. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Um, but you know, I, I uh, damn. In our new office, we're making a cafe. I might call it Depresso. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, feeling depresso yeah. this will fix it up <laughs> um, um, but I, I i was actually talking to someone i messaged someone yesterday there was a company called ra's life i don't know if you've had their coffee have you had it i have had it once because ra's biggest like fangirl ever um someone gave me a cup when i was hanging out with her once and i think it's pretty decent man i gotta give props to the uh, i was about to call them the Ra- oh the Raz. get it um hostile takeover um but <laughs> i used to stop um so why we don't have my friends on the podcast um uh, but no, yeah, yeah, no, I thought, I thought it was, I was all right. Gonna, I was gonna try their coffee because I thought I heard it was pretty good. Um, but uh, I, I think I, I like I, my dream is to have like a full espresso setup. Like I, I so I have a nice, I have a really nice grinder now. Um, but I, I would probably have to upgrade if I needed a, a proper espresso machine. But I usually use a Chemex, which I know you're also a big fan of, or a V60 to make my coffee. Um, but what I really sometimes also, I don't know if you, do you ever use an AeroPress? No, I, I'm what's called. I use Chemex when I've got time and when I don't, it's French press. Okay. So I'm a big, so I'm, I also really like uh, AeroPress for like when I go camping, it's really nice because it's very convenient. Um, but it's also sometimes it really has a, it extracts a very different taste. Um, like recently I, uh, so you should try coffee from this one place called Garden Bistro, by the way. Um, I, I know the I know the, the the guy who owns it, and he brings his coffee from Dubai, um, and it's really really good coffee. So he gave me this coffee that was from that was from Myanmar or Burma, and um, and I and I tried it in the Chemex, and it was really nice. And then I tried it one day in the in the AeroPress, and it was like it blew me away. It had this like raspberry and blueberry tones. Uh, mm. It was it was awesome. Um, and uh, so I think you should also, it's a very, uh, but I would imagine it's a very, it's a similar sort of taste to the French press. I've never really had a French press. Um, French press is, it's strong. Um, it's very flavorful, but it's also coarse. It's, it's, it doesn't have that smoothness that you have on like a Chemex or something. Chemex like that. Is so it's just smooth. that. It is so smooth. There's, uh, yeah, I, lo- I love the Chemex. I, but the Chemex just takes yeah. time uh, and like, you know, a little bit of patience uh, to stand by there. And, and do it and, I, yeah. and I've and I've also gradually just become more and more ridiculous about it where I have like those thermometers where I check the temperature of the water. Oh and, yeah, you did that like uh, once when I was over at your and house. I have a, but, and I have uh, a weighing scale, uh, so it just becomes out of control. I have the scale, but I don't do the thermometer. I don't even actually have the gooseneck kettle. But the um, gooseneck, so I again, uh, you can get it off the Raz. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this you have to pay for that kind of product placement. 
I always do it very subtly in whenever I'm doing uh, sessions, and then it's just too late. They're like, I can't get rid of this live session now. The guy just shameless. <laughs> this is recorded. I'm gonna edit that shit out. <laughs> no, no, no. But that that just I'm, means I'm you're kidding, very well media trained, just like you know. So the, it was worth the risk. <laughs> so what Robbie is talking about is usually we hand um, our our guests like a preparation document so they know what's going on, what we're going to talk about, stuff like that. We did none of that with us, and we're just like, yeah, we're going to record a podcast. Was we that might make fun good of you on his own. So well uh, done. Yeah, thank you. Um, but before I forget, there's two points I wanted to make on coffee. One is that I heard that um, there is someone here that's working on locally uh, doing the entire process. So that might be some, I'm going to try to figure out who that was. Was it you that was telling me? Because that would suck. I'm just telling you your own stories back to you. I think it was actually Atif, um, but uh that's one. The other thing is on our previous newsletter, we had a fantastic, fantastic um, uh, podcast about coffee, The Wine of Islam by Mukhtar al Shali. Yeah. If you've ever heard of him. Yeah. Uh, Man, you need yeah. to listen to that. I have it will blow your mind. I'll send, I'll send you a link. It's so good. Send it to me. Um, so now that coffee we've, you know, shot the shit about coffee, coffee and rich history in Islam, actually. And, uh, yeah. you know, like, like the Sufi scholars used to use it to stay up at night so they could continue, continue worshiping for longer. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's a very, that's actually how it found, yeah. that's how it's found acceptance in Islam. Yeah. Because previous to that, or prior to that, it was actually when, when it first made its way over to Yemen, actually, is, um, a lot, like a lot of the Sufis and stuff were using it. And a lot of like, uh, scholars would look at it and stuff and they would be like, this is altering their mind state. Yeah, this yeah, is haram. Yeah, you know? yeah. So the only other point I would have on coffee is whenever you you should buy a hydro flask. That has been the best thing I have purchased for my coffee recently because it keeps my coffee piping hot for like seven hours without changing the taste. Um, did you buy it on Daraz? I did not buy it on Daraz, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I couldn't find it on Darazmo. Um, so I had to buy it from the U.S. But you okay. It. Cool. Um, Rabia, you have any other questions for Essen? Yeah, I do. Um, for Essen, I want to know, you know, as our local hero, where does where does uh, life take you now? What's your plan, Essen? What are you thinking? What's on your mind? Anything um, you'd like to, you know, share with people that are listening to you right now? Um, just go for it. It's, it's the floor is yours. Thank you, and thank you for the kind words. Um, I think for me, uh, I I think that there's a lot of opportunities that are emerging out of this situation in Pakistan. And I think the one thing I would sort of highlight to listeners right now is, you know, it's very it's very easy to become uh, very pessimistic about the situation, but out of all of these bad times historically, great things have also come out. Um, you know, I look at, as a, as a case study, I looked at, for example, in 2003 when the SARS pandemic happened, that's where, in, where internet penetration skyrocketed in China. And actually, Alibaba, our parent company, was at the cusp of having to close their doors, and now they're a half a trillion dollar company, right? And, and the point of that is that really that out of bad times, you have to keep, uh, you have to keep your eyes on what are the, where are the areas that, that things are going towards. For me, it's really uh, I would like to focus on 
on on on how we can continue to add value to Pakistan's economy, uh, on how we can you know ensure that uh, that we build a sustainable economy, uh, and I and I think where where a lot of you will find value in is is going towards uh, digitization and 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 technology, and so I would I would say that uh, those are sort of you know at this time I would say set this as a reminder really that don't get so bogged down in this situation. Uh, use this time wisely. Uh, keep a routine. Um, you know, it's very important to keep a routine uh, to some degree uh, where possible and to make sure that you're using this time wisely because it's not many times in life you also get time to just sit at home. Uh, so use this time wisely to invest in yourself, invest in your, in your own learnings because then when you come out of it, uh, you want to make sure that you have the right skill set to be able to really push, push, push forward. Um, that was awesome, man. Thank you so much um, for sharing that and saying that. And so much, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and talk to us and be made fun of as much as you were. Um, thank you. And I would also, uh, you know, I would also like to, like, I, I, you know, when Rabia, you were sharing the vision of of, uh, of this localist. podcast and the localist uh, before the call, it was very inspiring. And I think it's super, super awesome that that you guys are taking this initiative to to bring uh, you know various people from different walks of life um, to share their perspectives because it's very important that that uh, we share everyone's perspectives um, and that's really the best way for us to progress. So I, I, I congratulate both of you guys, uh, Rabia more so because I know Mo just sort of tagged along, um, <laughs> you know, on 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 pulling this off. I think it's super awesome and uh, and so congratulations. I'm just gonna let Robbie edit this episode. Then, you know what? <laughs> I won't say anything. No, I'll just abuse later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you and I can do that together later. I, but I, I appreciate that a lot. You know, we we, we put a lot of work into um, this, and you know, to. Um, get the feedback that we have gotten, the positive feedback, the fact that we've built up this this small following, small but important following. You know, I, I didn't even think it was possible when we started. So it's really cool to hear that from one of your closest friends. And, you know, it just um, thanks, dude. Um, where can people find out more about what you do, what um, what Daraz does? And particularly, I'd, I'd love for you to, if, if there's a specific link, because certainly one piece of, one bit that I'd not heard of before was the online learning platform that Daraz does, and I'd love to highlight that, especially at this time. Yeah, so if you, um, I mean, the learning platform is actually university.daraz.pk. Uh, but if you, you know, what we've tried to do on Daraz right now as well, especially in the COVID times, we've tried to create, a, we're creating a, an a learning center um, that's going to be up. It's not up right now, but once you go on Daraz, probably in the next month or so, we're going to have a, we're right on the main site, we're going to have an area where you can learn about, not only about Daraz, how different mechanics work, et cetera, as well. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, we have a lot of, We've, uh, if you go to, like I said, if you sign up as a seller on Daraz, uh, which you can do as, uh, you, you can actually go to Daraz.pk and go to the bottom on the left-hand corner, it says become a seller. Um, there's a lot of these sort of resources that we provide to our sellers. Like I, like I said, our, our education that we're doing with, with Karachi School of Business Leadership. So I would encourage them to visit sort of Daraz.pk, yeah, university.daraz.pk. And in fact, uh, you know, I think we're always looking, right now uh, we're actually launched a program called the Humkadam program where we're charging we actually, we wanted to really um, push the SME sector in the country. So 
um, given that a lot of them had been hurt and a lot of, in fact, it, this sort of got triggered because one of the sell, I got a message from the seller and it was a very dramatic sell. I cannot even repeat it. It was such a dramatic message that it was really like I couldn't sleep for two days. And so we launched a program called the Hum Kadam program where basically we said that let's do commission free for two months uh, for May and June. We're not going to charge any commission to small, medium businesses. We're going to store their products in our warehouses for free. Uh, we're going to educate them, uh, you know, uh, on these uh, through through, through the Raz University. So we'll give them all the business and financial support they need to get back up and running. So I would also encourage, uh, you know, listeners who are thinking about selling on the Raz, it's a good time to sign up right now. Uh, because like I said, we're encouraging small medium businesses to get started. We want the economy to get, you know, to get restarted and we think online is going to be the way. Um, so yeah, I think that's, you know, that th we tried to do our effort to, to boost the SME sector, but uh, still a long way to go. That's so interesting. I have another question off this. I'm so sorry. I don't know how to end this, but you just hit on something really important because Right. See, we're trying to highlight local heroes, people that are trying to do stuff and they're trying to bring products and services through their channel, which would be just Instagram. So technically, even those people like startups or just, just you know, anything, they could just contact you and they could have their product on Daraz and then make use of that wider network. That's Am exactly. I if I tell you the stories, like I recently heard about a story about a lady that used to be a Masi at someone's house. And then someone advised her to borrow money and start selling, I don't know, organic makeup on Daraz. And, and she started selling organic makeup. And then uh, what I had heard was that she actually, she had her two-bedroom place. She made one of the bedrooms into an office type, like a workstation. And she now employs someone in her household. Wow. You know, it's super cool, actually. Like, I, you know, I was at a seller summit last year. Where there was a 16-year-old kid whose father had passed away. And he was thinking about quitting school. And instead, he started selling on Daraz, and now he makes like 40, 50,000 rupees per month. But that's that's significant amount where he can run his household and not have to leave school. You know, and that's super awesome is that that people can actually start doing this um, if they just want to work, work ethically, work hard and provide a good customer experience. And, and uh, it's amazing. Like I see so many, like literally they're kids. They're 16, 17 year old kids who have started businesses where they where they, you know, were in a tight spot, and they said, "Okay, I'm gonna. I have something that I can that I can provide." And uh, you know, just the same way, I heard there was another kid recently I met that was started selling like uh, hanging furniture, and now he has a thousand SKUs that he sells on Daraz. Wow! And he started selling a few years ago, and it's crazy. It's a it's a 17 year old kid and doing it in his backyard. That's amazing. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, that 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 is actually that fits so well with your your entire mission. Yeah, so, it's that's uh, so good to hear. Yeah, no, it's uh, I I I love. Uh, they're obviously they're feel good stories, but they're also you know it's good to see that actually it, what you're doing has an impact the way you wanted it to have an impact. Well, great. With that, Mo, please uh, do your outro. Uh, the Localist Podcast is produced in Karachi, Pakistan by Rabia and Mo. You can email us at thelocalistpk at gmail.com or find us as The Localist PK on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell your friends about it. And if you're able to leave us a rating and a review, please do. It helps us get more guests for the show. And with the lockdown easing up by the time this uh, podcast is released, um, make responsible decisions. And when you're out on the roads, don't be a dick and wear your seatbelt. 
always wear your seatbelt. <laughs>